Enjoy the show. We're doing it live. The Projectors and Wallhangers guy offered me a room. I might as well stay with them. Duke McQueen. That's Uh, Duke Nukem and Steve McQueen. Come by. Indiana Jones will be walking you through Medicaid and how to find the best retirement home for you. Give me more camel. I want more camel as my dad. We are the Wicked Twisters. They got that hair. That sounds like an 80s tribute banding. Hair's all yeah. spinning. A twisted sister. This is the Triforce Podcast. Number 213 in the Purjangers and Wallhangers Media Network pre- uh, video uh, slots. This is, of course, uh, Triforce Podcast. I'm Matthew Bugarell, the Matman, and to my left in the Projanger box is the beautiful and lovely, wonderful woman, Katarina Thermoscara, all the way in from Thermoscara. Plane ticket not paid for by the podcast. And, of course, we have <laughs> no, we have our, our producer. Our producer, big brother, Stephen Bugarell. Hello. With a lot better mic this week. And, of course, Kelly. And uh, we're stuck with our cardboard, Kelly. And, uh, of course, we're stuck over here with the PJANDWH.com, where you're going to find all of the funny and luggy and nutty moments over here at the top. And we're also going to find last week's Lug Nuts podcast, Genome Editing Anti-Theft System, as well as last week's Triforce podcast, Superhero Daddy Issues, Deathstroke Sitcom. So we will find all those over there, and you will also, we want you to hop over here to contact the team. Let us know your name, your email, your message. Let us know what you think would be an awesome end segment. Or if you have anything luggy and nutty, you have a sick ride, let us know. Find us on our social media handles, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. And you'll also follow us right over here at Walljanger Gaming, where you're going to see Big Brother Stephen Bucarell streaming Monday to Friday. You'll see Old Man, as soon as he moves into his new digs, streaming live on there. And our Kelly, uh, he, Zetreu, he is also streaming out on our Walljanger Gaming site. You can enjoy all of those. But that's not why we join here. We join here every single week to because I get out my digital scissors and uh, my digital uh, glue stick, and I copy and paste the nuggets that are the nerdy news. And, of course, tonight, live-action Gundam, Dr. Jones explores retirement, spooky-looking gourd, monkeys playing pong and more on the triforce podcast and of course we're gonna hop over here to our first story which of course is uh funimation they announced their spring 2021 release dates for my hero academia season five and more so uh on tuesday Funimation announced all of the series that it's bringing to its streaming service this season, including a few of the year's most anticipated shows. Undoubtedly, the biggest returning show for Funimation this spring is My Hero Academia, which is coming back for its fifth season. According to Funimation, the series simulcast will begin on March 27th, with the simuldub information coming later uh, uh, during the year. So we'll find out more about the simul dub. My Hero Academia has been a really great on subbing and dubbing anime throughout the time. Um, and you'll have to look forward to that because it's 
one of the most popular anime out there. Uh, Fruit Basket is also coming back for its final season with the first episode already available. The uh, beautiful animated uh, boxing series Megalobox is coming back for another season as well, which is absolutely great. It's one of those anime that it's taking boxing, but you also have uh, like the Cybertronic arms, you know, a lot like that. uh, What was that? Uh, Dukem Jukem Robots. Yeah, Rock'em, Rock'em Sock'em. Rock'em Sock'em Robots. It's almost like that. That's what Megaloboxing is. It's humans with, like, robot arms, and they're beating the shit out of each other. There's specs and, you know, qualifications and stuff like regular boxing, but you got these, like, you know, steam-powered arms, which help you box. Uh, Gentlemen? Yeah. It says live video interrupted. The broadcast has been paused. It should resume shortly. Yeah, that's our mother fucking internet. God damn it. I hate Okay. Are you going to restart it or what? Okay. We're in a we're researching on that. Um we are recording though. Okay, that's important. Yeah, we are recording. I always hit that record button. So, I have not watched My Hero Academia yet. I am so far behind on anime series because there's just so much content to watch, but I also have been having like such a short attention span for anything. I've just yeah. been putting noise on the TV while I'm reading or playing games on my phone or well, yeah. off at, at the wall i don't know yeah no i'm right there with you because i'm i've been in that kind of uh a lull that Mm -hmm. i oh we have comments um i've been in that lull that i haven't really dedicated myself to an anime i gained access to funimation again and it might my hero academia is right on there and as as well as megaloboxing that's all funimation um, and then you have Crunchyroll on HBO Max where I'm watching another anime on there, which is very Naruto styled. It's like right. Jujutsu Kensen. Um, it's really good. It'll pop up Jujutsu, uh, but it's that it's like a Jujutsu style anime. So it's very ninja and it's really good to where you have HBO Max has their anime covered with Crunchyroll. And then you have Netflix producing their own anime as well as, you know, Sony is, I'm pretty sure, in a deal. They own Crunchyroll, and they're in a deal with Funimation. So Sony's really going to be, with their new Netflix home, they're going to be pumping even more anime, I would imagine, into this Netflix thing. Right. So it's a good spot for it. A lot of people have Netflix already. So. Yeah. And their, their anime is great. If you see yeah. any Netflix original anime... It's probably a good fucking anime. I've seen a few, but the only one that comes to mind like immediately is like the Castlevania and then the Ares, not the Ares, the the, um, the God of War, not God of War, but like, you, you know. The, no, the yeah, God- no. The Castlevania series, those guys that do that stuff, uh, as well as Dota. They just re- recently did Dota Dragon's Blood, which is really good. Um, yeah. Another one to check out on there is a Netflix original uh, Agent. Which is essentially like it's like spirit people and stuff. There's, there's a lot the of one, 
different Which is tropes the one with, in the like, anime. He's the son of Zeus or the son of a god. Oh, that was oh fuck. That's that was an original about, too. That was um, Zeus's blood. Zeus's blood. Yes, that's the one I was talking one. about. And dude, Netflix really hits it out of the park with anime. That's where Funimation with them really you know, pumping out anime in themselves. And they've always kind of been this little island for anime. Uh, right. With Megaloboxing, it's great. And that uh, will start streaming on April 4th. Uh, top of these shows returning. The service also continues to broadcast simuldub of Black Clover Season 4 and simulcast of One Piece, which it's hard to believe that One Piece is still on with new episodes. Now, granted, each episode of One Piece is only about 15 minutes of content, and then the rest of the episode is just, you know, this is what we did, and this is what you'll see. You know, that kind of preview and review. But that's I see that as how it's expanded, like, goddamn fucking 20 years, 30 years now. That oh, anime wow. has been on forever. It's, it's impressive, but it's still getting you know, a lot of tension out there on Funimation and uh, well, each of these shows. Like the Simpsons, right? Oh yeah, exactly. There's a, a love for animated shows, you know, and it's really been pumped up recently with anime being, you know, gaining a lot of popularity, but you know, the Simpsons that, you know, what was that back in the eighties? It started late eighties yep. yep. and yep. it's still going now, you know, well, 30 they stopped it. They predicting stopped it, like, the future. I thought they were still going on they, no, Disney they, Plus. No, they stopped that. No, the, it's on Disney Plus, but you're not getting new episodes. When they say, oh, it's I thought new, they were getting new episodes. It wasn't there previously. Uh, they haven't had new episodes, I think, in a few years. Do we at least still have Family Guy pumping out new episodes? I have no. I'm sure the STD that's American Dad is still pumping out stuff too. But I, I don't well, watch regular he's television. Allegedly the doing the Orville thing. right now, so he needs to focus on that. He does need to focus on the Orville because that show is great. Minus the side character with the mole right here that you can't help but stare at. (laughs) Everything about that show is great. You have seen it too. You can't tell me you look at the rest of her face. The rest of her face is beautiful, but that mole is not Cindy Crawford. (laughs) I know what you're talking about. And yes, I have always noticed it in every role that she has ever played. Ever! She was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I noticed it then. Supernatural, too. Yes. And I was like, oh. But great actress. Very lovely. I'm sure there's some kind of laser treatment you can get. Well, she's choosing not to. Bravo to her. You don't like (sighs) it. That's our problem. The Cindy Crawford thing. It's my mole, and I love it. need to be less superficial. How about that? I do need to be less superficial, I but still, we... that mole is distracting, okay? You sound like Austin Powers right now. I I try not to be, but <laughs> money, 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 money. Like, it's right there. I'm trying not to be rude, but it's every terrible. single person that stares at your face is staring at that, and they probably feel as bad as I do. I feel horrible staring at your mole. Very lovely and very beautiful woman, but that mole, man. That mole. Anyway. <laughs> See Mark Gervais going, whoa! Yeah, I went there, Mark. That Sorry. was a really great segue. It was a great segue. <laughs> On to the next story, which is Netflix is making a live-action Gundam movie directed by Jordan Va- Roberts. 
So, how do you feel about that? I mean, live action anime is always tricky. Um, yep. Very true. Bleach, which was a Netflix anime, uh, animated, you know, live action. Um, it wasn't horrible, but it was getting better from the live action that they have put out, um, you know, and they have other stuff in the works like One Piece and Naruto and, you know, there's a lot of different stuff that they're, animation-wise, they're trying to bring to live action, but I just don't want it to turn out like the video game movies and the fucking superhero movies to where you're going to get a bunch of shit and there's going to be maybe a couple of gems in there. They're going to get a bit, they're going to be glossed over and forgotten because overall you have this stigma that's building about live action anime. And that's why I really rightfully earned though. This isn't like, yeah, people being upset to be upset legitimately they're i can't think of a single anime that's been translated into live action that i loved well here's the thing cowboy bebop netflix is bringing out cowboy bebop with uh john cho that one yet but i am excited about it with john cho and here's the reason why i'm excited about cowboy bebop and john cho john cho he like uh he injured his knee or his ankle or something i think it was his knee while doing a stunt for the you know the production and right. if you're getting injured in production i feel that that's going to be a good show well that just means he's giving 110% he's like putting the, like doctor who bit of himself into it yeah like doctor who you see matt smith and peter capaldi when peter Percal, uh Capaldi was becoming the doctor. He met up with Matt Smith, and he and Matt Smith was on crutches because he had a knee injury or something like that. And right. he was like, "What happened to you?" He was like, "This fucking show, mate. Every time you're stopping and twerking over to the side and looking dramatically, and it's torque, you know, torquing your knee." And he's like, "This it just beats you up. It's a grind." Well, he was a very physical doctor too, Matt. Smith. Oh, he was. I think more so than a lot more. Oh, yeah, yeah. Even Capaldi. And Capaldi had some running around and stuff like that, very action scenes, but it wasn't on the level of Smith. Um, But with this live-action Gundam, you also have the uh, the promise of CGI done right in space, you know? I mean, and you have Legendary, who is known for Pacific Rim. So you have this company who has already ventured into mechs, and it's a very popular uh, movie series from what I hear. So they seem to know what they're doing with mechs. So you're getting the right studio behind this property to go with this longstanding, you know, fan-cherished anime series that nobody knows where to start. Like, well, I want to watch Gundam, but where do I start? Nobody really knows. Just pick a fucking show and watch. That's it. That's all there I've heard. No, um, There is no episode guidelines <clears throat> yeah no not like naruto to where like or you could skip this episode through this this episode because it's all filler like nothing like that it was just like i don't know pick a show and watch it that's all i've heard of fr- from that now there may be some episode guides and some cherished storylines and stuff like that maybe they're going off of you know some classic stuff with this but i really feel like if you get if netflix keeps trying to break through this barrier of a live action adam anime and they do it right. 
you know, they don't whitewash it. They they get a lot of mix of characters because, you know, besides black people, there's traditionally a lot of very multicultural people in anime. Yeah, absolutely. Japanese people are racist for some reason against black people. We don't know. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, what's in the next story? The next story... <laughs> Is that was have, a really great segue, Big Brother. <laughs> it was. But the next story is going to have people joining together for a different cause. Batfleck fans are campaigning to revive the Ben Affleck solo movie. This is a just cause. Everyone needs to get behind solo? this. What? Ben Affleck's great. <clears throat> the Batfleck movie is the movie, the solo movie that fans have always wanted. And J- like we mentioned last week, Joe Manganello was campaigning to restore this Deathstroke movie. Um, I'd say this is a happy compromise to that medium because while fans are getting their Falcon Winter Soldier and uh, WandaVision, two great shows back to back, DC fans have to fight tooth and nail to finally see the Zack Snyder Justice League. Now the director's cut of the film is out and it's certifiably better than the original. Audiences want to restore the Snyderverse, including the Batman film starring Ben Affleck. We got an introduction to his Bruce Wayne in Batman vs. Superman, which didn't go down with the best critics or audiences. And with the failure of the original Justice League plans to continue the story of Batman and his heroics were cut short. As a result, uh, Batfleck never got to live out his full storyline in a film. What's more heartbreaking was that it seems that the script for the Batman film was really, really good. Because remember that story we reported uh, eons ago that Bat, uh, Ben Affleck said he wouldn't do or direct a Batman solo movie unless it was good. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, we're hearing the script was really fucking good, and maybe that's why he was like, look, I'm not doing the movie unless it's that. We need Ben Affleck. Yes. He's not the hero. We are talking about the guy who did Argo. I mean, he clearly has talent as a filmmaker. And he was the bomb in Phantoms. And like um, Goodwill Hunting. And And Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah. He was in that one. (laughs) Jay and Silent Bob reboot. That was a good fucking cameo. Yeah. All right. That was That was a fucking great cameo. Very heartfelt and touching. That I mean, Ben Affleck, man. Yeah, awesome. No, he's, he's he's but great. I think one of the great things with that too. You're is always like welcome here. He doesn't have to do that. His pay grade. That's what his... Ben Affleck's worried about. He's like, damn, where am I going to stay? <laughs> Hang on a second. The we got a futon of... in the front room. It'll be fine. <laughs> the Pajangas and Wallhangers guy offered me a room. I yeah. might as well stay with them. I mean, yeah. I think he's down to earth, but I don't think he's that down to earth. No, not quite probably not. Probably. <laughs> I meant like, yeah. I'm on the podcast. I didn't mean like stay at my house, but. Yeah, no. But so, like, it just—it's nice that he he stays connected to the people that he yeah. works with. You know. <laughs> yeah, he even reconnected with uh, Kevin Smith, who you know their friendship was estranged because you know Kevin can't keep his mouth shut. Um, yep. But you know they were, and that's where the kept uh, the Jane Silent Bob reboot cameo came from is that they were reconnecting now with this. Even with this, I kind of feel that. 
there were rumors already that Batfleck was saying, like, look, after, you know, The Flash, I'm pretty much done. I'm, I'm fine no. with it. We will not accept this. But fans aren't accepting it, and they yes. want him to have this, this Batman Deathstroke movie. He makes really good Batman. But I also think that he could have had his solo movie if people weren't such complete dicks about him being cast as Batman in the first place. Truth. Like, he, he had to constantly prove himself over and over. Yeah, and he did. I really do think with Zack Snyder's Justice League, a lot of these characters, I think I would even, are you to say all of all of the Justice League, Yeah, got kind of a redemption story in there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like Batman versus Superman, he was the best part of that movie, but he didn't get really true, ju- like, it wasn't true justice to his role. Martha we got... was the star of that film. What do you mean? <laughs> but we, <laughs> we, we have to see that this Zack Snyder Justice League is a one-off. I mean, unless people start listening to fans. But it's right. DC, so that's probably not going to happen. Nope. If it was Marvel, maybe. I mean, they I released. They remember, remember when Marvel released, what was it, Infinity War? Like, Two weeks early, just because Robert Downey Jr. suggested they should. Remember when that happened? They yeah. listened to what fans wanted. Robert Downey Jr. is like, damn, these guys want to see this movie. Hey, how about we do that? It was done. DC just has this internal squabble, and they always have been. It's all the stories that we've heard from DC is that it's management, 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 just cutting down the, the talent. And do you think that it's because it, there's no clear, like they don't even call it the cinematic universe? Do you think it's because there's just like no clear leadership there that we have all these issues? I think they just want to keep the properties, so they're just like, I don't know, put out a movie. Mm. I don't know uh, because the writer for Justice League already came out and said they had no plans. Yeah, no plans whatsoever. He actually wanted to. St- just remove his name from the credits of the original Justice League. I don't blame him. I don't blame him either. Like, especially after seeing Zack Snyder. But there's, I, after seeing all these stories, there's something fundamentally wrong with DC. Absolutely. There's something wrong. No argument here. They need to correct something here. All chiefs and no Indians. Exactly. They're not... Putting That's what focus I'm saying. Like on the, there, the instead stories. of one person, kind of you know, like how we have Faggy. Well, that's um, Faggy. What's the the other Marvel and, uh, doing Star Wars? Yes. Uh, fi- uh, Favreau. Favreau and Filoni. Filoni, thank you. Too many F's. Favreau, <laughs> Filoni, and Feige. Getting them all the, but you they can only have hire like people clear who people who that. are in charge of everything who have the sight three the wise men, <laughs> Favreau, <laughs> Filoni, and Feige. I think we have a title for the podcast. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, but they have clear leadership. Someone who's got yeah. okay. This is our twenty step or twenty film thing and arc, and this is where we we're starting, and this is where we're ending up. And DC does not have that. It's just you know, push out, push out, push out. And instead of spending the money where it should be spent, let's throw a bunch of CGI, which honestly 
Oh, it's like the, so. It's like the DC's like the comedy store to where it's a uh, Missy Shore saying the inmates are running the asylum, <laughs> except the inmates are the fucking CEOs, and it's just craziness to where Marvel's over there pleasing the fans and making a boatload of money, making people lo- subscribe to Disney. Well, I also think the people I'm in not a Disney kid, you know. And- don't and, have that for DC. I don't think the people in charge of DC are fans of DC. No, they're uh, they're fans of money. They're fans of themselves. You see that they like I dead presidents. That they, they really love Franklin. Um, you know Grant. He's <laughs> he's their best friend. Uh, you know they wipe their ass with Washington. You know they, they, they're they're fans all over. But apparently they're not fans of making Marvel bucks and sustained capital in the future. Because you know when you put out a Marvel movie, it, people are going to watch Black Widow. No matter whether they like it or not, they're going to watch Black Widow eventually. Even after all the hubbub and all the bullshit. At some point in your life, you're going to watch that movie. That is the, the, the staying power of Marvel. That's true. I don't know, though. For, for that one, you gave the one movie that I, I don't know if I'm ever going to watch. Mm-hmm. It's going to depend. Once it's finally released... What everybody's saying, then it might sway me. But right now, yeah, right now we're gonna have to depend on the next story. Woohoo! That was a good segue. Thanks, Connor. <laughs> Always boosting my confidence because oh, the next story we find Mark Miller's comic Starlight is getting a live action adaptation, and jo- uh, Joe Cornish will write and direct. It has been announced by 20th Century Studios that Joe Cornish, who is best known for directing the film Attack the Block, has been assigned to direct and write a live-action adaptation of Starlight. It has also been announced that uh, Simon Kinberg, uh, Audrey Cohn, and Neera Park will be producing the upcoming comic book film. Starlight was created by Scottish comic book writer uh, Mike Miller, who is no? That's probably Mark Miller, this goddamn autocorrect. Who is known for creating iconic series <laughs> such as you know Mike. <laughs> he created such iconic uh, series such as Kingsman, Wanted, Superior. Oh my god, these this fucking autocorrect is killing me. Kickass and uh, both Kickass and Kingsman have had uh, successful adaptations. The, this will be Miller's third comic book series to be adapted to live action. Starlight. I have high confidence in this gentleman. Oh, yeah, That's man. Kick-Ass is great. Mr. Miller. And then he also has Jupiter's Legacy coming out on Netflix. And that's where ne- a lot of Mark Miller's series and, uh, you know, properties are going to be fu- funneled out onto. Netflix, they got Sony, they got Mark Miller. Everybody was scoffing at them for making these choices. And now they have the fruits of this starting to bud and show people what it is. And still, everybody is going to still be flocking over to Netflix for series like this, for series just, you know, this one was Starlight is a six-issue limited series that ran from March till October 2014, the comic book series follows superhero uh, named Duke McQueen. That's a badass name. I really <laughs> thought you were going to say Duke Nukem. That's the, that name sounds made up. Duke McQueen. That's uh, Duke Nukem and Steve McQueen combined. A former Air Force pilot and intergalactic hero of the Plantic 
planet Tentalus. Tentalus, really? Yeah, Tentalus. No tentacles involved. So it's an anime, but not that kind. Not that kind. <laughs> it is revealed that McQueen saved the universe 40 years prior in the series, but then after his heroic triumph, he came back to Earth. Eventually, McQueen settled down, retired from being a hero. He eventually got married, had kids, raised a family, and grew old. But sadly, his wife died. His children left him, probably because he was a dick. This <laughs> left McQueen sad and alone, only with the memories of his early life still to keep him happy. I have that button. That, however, changes when McQueen gets called from a distant planet for a great and final adventure. Starlight is one of Miller's finest works, although it has somewhat underrated and less known among the comic book fans. However, the series is still regarded as a classic and is a great story that all comic book readers and superhero fans must read unless it's on comiXology unlimited probably won't so we'll have to hope hope for that but 20th century studios obviously the husk that is left from the merger with fox uh, of the fox deal uh, with disney 20th century studios having their own thing mark miller who knows you know uh this property could be good i'm not familiar with the comic series but anytime you have a mark miller franchise i'm just gonna go ahead and push that a lot like this next story. I'm going to push this like a boulder down an Aztec temple because Indiana Jones 5 adds Phoebe Waller-Bridge and John Williams to its cast. As the film industry has slowly recovered and more and more projects are getting into production, Indiana Jones 5 is also moving forward as its cast uh, Emmy and Golden Globe winner Phoebe Waller-Bridge as the female lead alongside Harrison Form Ford, not Harrison Form. Harrison Form is on Reddit. Do you think That's that she's Harrison gonna be Ford like has good his Ford. granddaughter now? Maybe a granddaughter. You never know. Well, Shia LaBeouf was his son, right? So and now it's like all right. I don't know. You got the granddaughter. All right. Maybe a. a a baby mama, you know, a you know, illegitimate child for Indy. Can we Again? go in? Can we no. go in that way in twenty twenty one? Again, you cannot have Indy be a father at this stage of the game. That's that's mm. just the woman she he meets. Look, man, maybe it's the maybe it's from the woman who had mm -hmm. fucked me on her eyes or whatever it was in the first or second movie. <laughs> I think it said, "I love you." Oh, right. Um, maybe it wasn't <laughs> fuck me. Okay. <laughs> I might have read that wrong, but I, I could have sworn. Yeah, maybe it, it, it was mushed up in the text, maybe. Um, but she is best known for her role in Fleabag, which gathered uh, critical acclaim and earned many awards. Deadline exclusively broke this news, which ha then have been confirmed by Lucasfilms just minutes later. It's nothing more than uh, known about her role or the ca other casting roles at this point. But it is underway. Eyes are starting. Uh, production are, is starting this summer. The legendary composer John Williams were, will also return 
to score the film. He has also worked on the iconic score for the last installments as well. Official read readout for the press release reads, uh, for Indiana Jones 5 reads, if adventure has a name, it must be Indiana Jones. Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Fleabag, Solo, A Star Wars Story. Remember that? She was in that. Will star alongside Harrison Ford, who is returning to the role of the legendary hero archaeologist, which is such a weird word to come out of my mouth. Heroologist. Legendary hero archaeologist. Legendary. Anyway, for the fifth installment of this iconic franchise... Indiana Jones will be walking you through Medicaid and how to find the best retirement home for you. I'm sorry, no. That... Sorting out part A and part B. <laughs> this is my this is my pill schedule. Indiana it goes Jones Monday through Friday. Missing dentures. <laughs> so, in addition, the uh, uh, John Williams will be returning to score the film, continuing a musical journey which began 40 years ago with Raiders of the Lost Ark. Williams' unforgettable Indiana Jones soundtrack is packed with all the epic thrills, suspense, romance, and excitement fans have come to expect from an Indiana Jones movie and have... Uh, become to be beloved as familiar as adventure hero signature that uh, as the hat. Excuse me. Let me try that one again. Yeah. Indiana Take Jones movie has become the, as beloved and familiar as adventure heroes signature hat and whip. I'm thrilled to be starting a new adventure, collaborating with a dream team of all time. Great filmmakers said the director, James Mangold, Stephen, Harrison, Kathy, Frank, and John are all artistic heroes of mine. When you add Phoebe, a dazzling actor, brilliant, creative voice, and the chemistry she will undoubtedly bring to our set, I can't help but feel as lucky as Indiana Jones himself. So, James Manigold of Logan, if we remember that amazing picture, Patrick Stewart, amazing you know uh film and it's uh, in and of itself to just have that as your previous film you worked on and now you're going into this indiana jones 5 i really hope it has a better plot than a crystal alien skull i like that one that one was good Ooh. what i'm just saying i, I liked I... it <sighs> um anything with kate uh, I can't remember her name. I don't know. I'm having a bad brain day, but you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Galadriel. Any yeah. film Galadriel, I can never say I outright hate, but I will say that I do feel that it is the weakest of the Indiana Jones films. It is. I really just hope that this one's stronger. Um, you know, there's a lot of different things, especially in the time frame of Indiana Jones that you're working with, which is like, you know, 40s, 50s. You have a lot of different things that you can pull from, especially since they just found the Egyptian Golden City. Now, where do do we know when this is set? Oh, yeah. I found I saw that on I I fucking love science. They found an ancient Egyptian Golden City. I can't wait for the documentary. That just sounds I know. Right. (laughs) But that just sounds like an Indiana Jones film. Why not have that? Yep. Do we know what year this movie is set? 
Uh, no, but it is set to hit theaters July 29th, 2022. I don't think it could be set present day with his. Oh, my God. Indiana Jones would be, be dead. He was fighting <laughs> Nazis. He would be like. In 2020, 2021. Baggins years old. He'd be on life support, you know? Dr. Jones, could you read this? That's I haven't had like set in the 70s. You know, son, I haven't had eyes die. since 2000s. This I is can't the movies. Anything. anything can happen. You know? Well, I was just saying, no. like, I don't, I think we're, st- maybe you can get Indy in the 90s to where Time he's travel. like, he's 90 in the 90s and he's just telling you what he did in his older days and it's Shia LaBeouf's. <laughs> Like trying to keep but that's everything what I'm saying. together. Like if it's set like in the seventies, Phoebe very well could be a granddaughter because she kind of does have yeah. the look like if Shia LaBeouf got married, yeah. this is, is yeah. Kind of yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. Even like, like if she were to go with theory. like um Shia LaBeouf's like uh wife. Like, nah, yeah. I divorced that fuck. Let's go hunt down some treasure bitch. Like, I don't know. Something <laughs> like that. Well, that's what I'm saying. It really, a lot of it just depends on if they, if they release what year it is. I still see, I think we both see this as she's going to be the strong female lead in this movie. And Ooh, maybe it's another there. love child, but with Kate Capshaw. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Let's yeah. Yeah. I there guess. we go. I, I like that. I like that. Indy and his love children. Might yeah. also be a title of the podcast. <laughs> Indiana Jones, and how many kids do I have out there? I'll tell you who else has a lot of kids. That's the person in this next story, not Zack Snyder, but the children that he has created in this trailer for Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. Well, it drops our very first look at it. Las Vegas is overrun by super smart zombies in the first trailer for Zack Snyder's zombie heist movie, Army of the Dead. The trailer, which Netflix released on Tuesday, also gives us a brief introduction to some of the crew pulling the heist, but mostly it's about the zombies, like a zombie movie should be. Mm-hmm. You know, otherwise you get Halloween 3. Were there zombies in that? No, it showed no Michael Myers at all, though. I don't remember that one. That's why. I remember the first two <laughs> I remember the first two, and then I remember H20. Yeah. It, it, that's pretty much all you need to know. So Nobody I did needs one, to remember. skip a few, and then yeah, no, I only no. watched the ones with Jamie Lee Curtis in it. How about that? Yeah, nobody needs to remember Michael in New York. But the trailer opens with Scott Ward, David Batista, a former zombie war hero working at a small-town diner before he's hired to pull a massive heist. Under Las Vegas Strip, there's a vault with $200 million in cash. The only problem is that Las Vegas is walled off from the rest of the world and completely overrun by zombies. Ward puts together a crack team of thieves, badasses, and zombie-fighting veterans to pull off the job. But it's more complicated than he expects. Once the crew finally makes it to Las Vegas, they discover the undead have mutated into alpha zombies, which are faster, smarter, and seem to have formed their own entire zombie societies in the ruins of the Strip which I think is a nightmare in and of itself. Just a bunch of dead Las Vegas people then gaining sentience. 
this kind of reminds me of like I Am Legend and iZombie. Yeah. It's mixing the, and it's heist movie involved where you're going to hear, you son of a bitch, I'm in a bunch. <laughs> Rick and Morty honestly great. ruined the heist movie for me completely. If you've seen that Rick and Morty episode, it's every single heist movie ever. And it is safe to assume I have not. Oh, <laughs> uh, you need to watch that well, because you know movie. how I feel about it, Rick and Morty. I can't, I can't get, to. I it's can't so get great. past it. I can't. It's so great. Just watch that episode. I'll send oh. you which one it is. All right, tell me what episode. I'll it tell is. you which episode it is, and just that and episode. You have to watch, watch it that. because it honestly completely ruined every heist movie for me. And I was so like, you want Fuck, me to watch so something that's going to completely ruin every heist movie yeah it's like oh my god gross taste it exactly it's like oh my god this taste it this smells so bad smell this you know (laughs) or this smells so bad taste it i don't know the worst thing i've ever had taste it yeah you have to have that cooperation in there like this is bad right i love that you want to share experiences with me i'm just not sure this is the one (laughs) it is the one but i mean zombie heist movie aside it's Zack snyder i mean Army of the Dead, it's going to premiere in theaters on May 14th, and then it'll be staying there for a week before it arrives on Netflix May 21st. Once again, Netflix, HBO Max, they're doing things that Disney absolutely refuses. They're, you know what I mean? They're they're still putting out their content. They're still... There's still going to be a theatrical release for Army of the Dead. It's still going to happen. They're still making their money, and they still put out the content to where now, Marvel and Disney see... continue to falter. I, I I really don't like that at all. Um, did you see the um the article about Zack Snyder throwing shade about this movie? No, I didn't. Well, they asked him how filming it was, and it was like he he said it was nice to not what you're seeing is what I wanted. It was nice to not have to fight a studio. I was like, I was like ooh, we know what he's talking about. <laughs> Absolutely, that's nice though. I mean, but he's in the machine, you know. He's he's a filmmaker just trying to put out his content and just being mashed up in that thing, but. I'll tell you what else is a machine. What's a machine? That's our next story. The Terminator. That was a good segue. Because Burt Kreischer and Mark Hamill himself are in Serbia filming The Machine. Yeah, buddy. The Star Wars actor will star opposite comedian Burt Kirshner. <laughs> Them in the machine. Legendary, once again, we're talking about them a bunch this podcast. Their adaptation of the popular story Kreischer told on stage about in getting involved with the Russian mob while studying abroad in college, which, what is that, secret time? No, that's no. the special called the machine. There we go. So adequately Secret time's named. good, too. Both are great. Burt Kreischer is amazing. Every time you say legendary, I hear it in my head as Neil Patrick Harris. Yes, I know. Sames. Um, But Kreischer told this popular story on stage for, I mean, 
it's an amazing story. If you ha- I'm not going to ruin it. If you haven't watched The Machine, this is going to be this movie's going to be springing off of that as we will find because uh if you love Peter the stories, you're going to love the movie. Peter Intasio, known for Key and Peele and Keanu, uh is directing uh, Kreischer's 2016 story has been viewed more than 85 million times, according to Legendary. The film is inspired by the stand-up routine and sees the events of the story catch up with the comedian 20 years later when he and his father, Mark Hamill, <laughs> get kidnapped by the people Kreischer wronged. The film is described as the hangover meets midnight run and will film in Serbia. Kreischer and Jude Marmel are producing hilarious. I can't just, I can't express enough how fucking awesome of a premise of a movie (laughs) this is because the story from the machine and how this, his whole involvement with the Russian mafia and how he's now has to describe this to his dad, who is fucking Luke Skywalker himself. That. I gotta, I gotta imagine Bert had every movie. hand in that, in that oh, yeah. casting. Like, give me more Camel. I want more Camel as my dad. <laughs> like, I, I was gonna watch it anyway, but just like the sheer childlike delight that you have right now, oh, my God. talking about I'm it, I'm so it's, giddy. It's so awesome. Eleven. That's very yeah. exciting. I'm a huge <laughs> comedy nerd, as it is. Bert Kreischer, you know, Tom Segura, you know, all, the, all of the, all of the most amazing stand-ups now. They have such amazing stories, but when I fucking watched The Machine, I couldn't believe it's true when he says it. It's it's a hundred percent a hundred percent true, and his involvement in it. It's just a fantastic story. You're like, if one of your friends told you that story, you would have been like, "What the fuck, man? You're still alive? Get out of my house!" In case they're watching. <laughs> so it's just that kind of thing, man. Another person that may be watching, well, that's this next segment, which is, of course, the Game and DVD Exchange. No, next one. There we go. The Game and DVD Exchange over at 23 State Street in Media PA. You walk into the door and you say, Broski, give me a PS5, and Mark will say, Broski, ain't going to happen. So the hero time has to go outski. Um, you raised your voice and he got excited. He thought he's going outski to the game and DVD exchange is where he's excited for because you hop over there and Mark has everything from retro to classic games. He has everything that you're going to need. If you want your man cave looking primo with the latest SNES game or Genesis game that you have a hankering for, Mark's going to have it for you. And of course, he will also let you know that Katarina is banned from my store. Yes. And also that Kelly and I are twins. He sticks by that one very closely. But we will have to see how the 23andMe turns out. (laughs) So that's just one stop in our little bus of stories. This next story you won't find at the Game of DVD Exchange. This is such a polished machine, by the way. Uh, The time had to go out. Hold on. 
Is this bus driver simulator? This is the bus. It is a bus driver simulator in early access on Steamers. I think I found the next game we're going to be streaming. We're all going to ride the bus. It allows you (laughs) to be a bus driver. So the bus is the next generation of city bus driving simulation set in the capital of Germany, Berlin, on a realistic scale of one to one. Wow. Transport passengers on different lines across the city with various buses, manager fleet, and team up with other drivers online. Are you tired of being bullied by buses on the streets every day? Go home and bully some people yourself. (laughs) You live in Berlin. You can go home and recreate your commute, except with a bus. Hey, pay the fare, motherfucker. (laughs) Pull people out. Beat them with a gun. If they don't pay your 20 cent fare. I would like to say that I am like a big fan of the school buses that have been converted into like campers. I always think it's so cool and fun. And so I would like to play the simulator for training when I make that dream happen for me. So I'm fully on board for this game. I'll support that. Yeah. Thanks. I mean, it's 100%. I mean, especially if you get, like, if you can get this into VR support, where you can just pop on some goggles and get accurate bus levers and shit, that could be an efficient training module, especially this is one-to-one. It's not like they're cutting down the scale and everything's going to look like a half-hobbit home. This is going to be one-to-one on everything that you're seeing with the bus simulator to where, you know, you look at this trailer and, one, stunning because they're obviously going to be pouring a lot of uh, lot into the effects visually with this and just making it something that you can really enjoy because you have the different times of day you get different weather environments in there are you saying because um, you're going to be riding a bus and you're going to need things to look at well yeah i mean look they got <laughs> they got a lot of different stuff going on here and a lot of different buttons a lot of the different you know uh uh and features you that you'll see bus. in it you know it's very realistic and uh the phase one will add the bus line txl with various routes two bus variants the articulate and solo single-player free-play mode. The bus uh, Drive the bus lines any time of the year with the vehicle of your choice. Passenger transport with boarding and deboarding. Passenger ticket sale and more. Phase 2 will get an Unreal Game 4 game editor. Multiplayer mode for free-play. Additional bus line 100 and 200 with various routes. Uh, two new bus variants. AI buses or I'm sorry, AI trams, uh, full controller support, and true to original depot, Indra Gandhi Stribe will connect to all bus lines. So they're going for realism in this. Um, Well, I have two questions, which kind of answered by saying realism. One, can we get a chonky mod? And two, because I would like to see some chonky buses. I think that's cute. Everything is cute when it's chunky. Um, and two, are we going to have like speed simulators? There will be thick boys, I'm sure. <laughs> if it's anything like, uh... I don't care about the thick boys. I care about the thick buses. 
I want <laughs> thick buses. I want um, a big fender. No, I mean they're also adding stuff in there, like you know. But like, will there be a speed version where there's a bomb on the bus? And you can't I think go that's going to be I see the modding world. That's going to be the modding world. Yeah, no, that's going to be the modding world. That's going to be completely on that, <laughs> and they're going to be looking into that. But I mean, and then every once in a while, you get a pop. Um, pop quiz hot shot and you gotta you have to solve the puzzle before you move on sorry okay I'm yeah done. but no you're gonna get a single player mode in a, a phase three with economy mode where you can create your own bus company buy vehicles and hire staff maintain repair uh, your fleet of vehicles the 245 bus line with various routes ai uh buses as well as the online hub which is a free roam area between Berlin Central Station and Potsdamer Plaza, including the Tentajaran Tunnel. I did not say that right. Complete with tutorial and checklist. So there's going to be a bunch of bus fun for you in this game. A sentence I never thought I'd hear. I know, It's going right? to be a lot of bus fun. You never thought you would want to be a bus driver it's until you be, saw that. It's got to be better than goat simulator. Hey, it's going to be right up there with Truck Simulator. because Hey, I love that game. It's already getting very positive reviews on Steam. And, you know, there's a lot of great stuff going on with this game. But the story in the game in the next story, well, that's looking great, too. Because Neo, The World Ends With You, is coming in July. Square Enix will release the follow-up to the beloved 2007 role-playing game, The World Ends With You, this summer. On Friday, the publisher confirmed that a July 27th release date for Neo The World Ends With You for the Nintendo Switch and PlayStation 4 versions of the game with a Windows PC version is also coming sometime in the summer to Epic Games Store. So no one will play it. (laughs) Sounds like a James Bond title, though. It does. Neo The World Ends With You stars Rindo. And a new cast of characters exploring a stylized version of Shinuba in to- uh, Tokyo. Rindua is a high school student, finds himself ensnared in the Reaper's game of life or death battle for survival. How do you just stumble into a game of life or death survival? Mm-hmm. You just stumble in know. and somebody's it's like, not- hey, or bang, bang, shooting at your head. Bang, 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 bang. That's like how 90s action films all started. Yeah. Yeah. Most action films to this day. Joining the game's protagonist on his mission are fellow classmate Fret, college student Nagi, and the mysterious psychic Minamato, who who appeared as a reaper in the original. Collectively, they're known as the Wicked Twisters, which sounds like a very bad 80s metal band. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> we are the Wicked Twisters. They got that hair. That sounds like an '80s tribute band name. Hair's all yeah. spinning. A Twisted Sister tribute band, Wicked Twisters. Yeah, yeah, that's what that sounds like. That's what this game is based off of. But and I would, I would. You look at the, uh, you look at the gameplay here, and it's very anime. Um, it's very much like you know. Uh, a comic style like um storyboard to where that's what it looks like from the trailer but it's almost along the lines of like Jet Grind Radio 
from uh, Dreamcast and like all those cell shaded games that came out in that Dreamcast era. That's what it kind of looks like, uh, mashed with like a bunch of anime. Like it just took all anime ever known, popped it in an algorithm, and said, "Make me a game." So it's an anime tribute band game. Yeah, a lot of legendary and a lot of anime. This podcast. But this next story is going to go from anime to the undead. The day before, zombie survival game drops a trailer. Immediate, uh, immediately eliciting comparisons to games like The Last of Us, The Division, and DayZ. The day before looks to be a multiplayer uh, zombie game that assembles some of the genre's best tropes into a tense, survival-focused experience. Players got a good look at how the day before will play back in January with the developer Fantastic showing off a short four-minute snippet of the title filled with zombies, looting, and intense PvP uh, shootouts. And we have a trailer right here. It's like 13 minutes, but it is... There's a lot of really good stuff in it to where... In the uh, snippet before, you really didn't get a sense of what it was uh, like, what you were getting in this uh, game. Move forward. Hang on. A little bit. Right here. To where in here, you see see the, the Jeep, and they're trying to go along a trail, and he's getting stuck in this muddy water to where... When If you've ever played an open-world game, this is the kind of vehicle, you know, gameplay that I want out of a vehicle. I oh, want yeah. a Jeep getting stuck in that deep, rough, watery mud. I want it to have to traverse in a zombie apocalypse. I want it to look like that. And that's where I feel we're getting in with these next-gen consoles is, you know, you have a down plane right here. You're driving in between it. And boom, you have the suspension, you have the dirt, you have the light. Everything in this is really making it to look like a really great game. Um, And uh, as opposed to the snippet that we got from back in January, the new look at the upcoming multiplayer releases the uh, release trades the first demo's abandoned city setting for a countryside roads and farms. The two players scavenging for supplies as they avoid infective enemies. Uh, the first big takeaway from the 13-minute clip is driving will have range of realistic challenges to overcome, with both players having to navigate their cars through muddy off-road trails. It seems to driving through, uh, through these areas won't be easy as just staying on the path. The players' wheels become trapped in mud, slowly halting them and making them susceptible to attacks from nearby zombies or human enemies. Keeping vehicles in good shape appears to be uh, imperative to the experience, too, with the players later fixing up their wheels after they become damaged during a ride. So even here in this, they're, you know, kind of going around the back systematically. They have, like, fucking AR-16s, and they're shooting off loud-ass rounds in a zombie apocalypse. No wonder all the zombies are fucking coming around them. But that also adds to the realism when you're showing off a game like this to, you know, have that almost Days Gone because Days Gone had a really good zombie element in it. Um, But if you include that survival 
element of, you know, how warm you are, how much water you have, are you hungry, and your health. Having that kind of real, um, real life style circumstances to this game, as well as zombies like H1Z1 and Days Gone style, you know, hoarding over you, that could be really great. Uh, the footage shows off the standard gameplay cycle of days before as both players are making their way into a gas station, clearing out threats surrounding it, and looting the area for supplies. While that might be sound simple, it's made abundantly clear that things can get hectic fast. Venturing to a nearby farm, the players enter a house only to realize they've triggered a burglar alarm, attempting to disable it before it goes off. They're unsuccessful. The alarm triggered and the alerting all the zombies in the immediate area. Although the pair deal with it, uh, uh, the infected quickly and efficiently, the alarm widens up, attracting more unwanted attention as several hostile players arrive at the farm. It's where we can go forward here in this. It's where this is the farm they're talking about. They arrive at the farm and the pair are forced to sneak out the back of the house to escape the enemies, locking themselves in a nearby bunker to hide. The clip is more proof that day before is shaping up to be an exhilarating multiplayer experience and one that players should keep their eye out going forward. Which, looking at these graphics, and just knowing that it's multiplayer, you have obviously the rust element in there to where you have the dick enemy uh, human element, but Everyone's also, an asshole in the internet. It's the PvPVE. You have the environment in there as well to where you have these zombies who can equally, equally kill them as well as them kill you. So you can use that in your you know, advantage to where maybe you trigger the burglar alarm, hop in your ride, and zoom off while a, a, you know, a bunch of those fuckheads are stuck in the, in, in the building dealing with the zombies. There's a bunch of uh, different opportunities when you also have the environment going against the player element and even with this you get a zombie game it it was for a while it was almost you're obviously going to make a boatload of money but with different mechanics involved especially with like this game there's a bunch of stuff that you could really use to your advantage so it's a good a good thing to keep your eye on this one moving forward just like the next game you're going to want to watch, which Gord is a spooky new city builder with Witcher and Frostpunk vibes. Gord is a new dark fantasy adventure uh, game coming to PC in 2022 with elements of city building, survival, strategy games that all wrapped in spooky Slavic folklore. And if you get any wit. Dark Witcher or Frostpunk vibes from the game's uh, debut trailer. There's a good reason for that because Gord is the debut title from Covenant, a new Polish game studio founded by former CD Projekt Red and 11-bit studio producer Stan Just. Cool. So he left CD Projekt Red. Obviously, Cyberpunk not doing well. I remember when you were talking about that. And... Now we have this guy formed his own studio. And from this gameplay trailer, it looks great. Frostpunk had that city building thing, just like I get that vibe from it, even with their title 
card, ironically. But with Witcher and all that, you're in folklore. This is really looking good for a city player to where you're not only getting that city player, but you also have that third-person player experience that you can go and explore. I think that's really cool for a city builder to have mm-hmm. that al- uh, element to it, to have the venturing out on quest. You know, players will have to hunt down legendary creatures, including giant spiders and other grotesque and on uh, AI-powered quests in the game's uh, single-player narrative. They'll also have to manage the sanity and mental burden of their fellow adventurers and citizens to protect themselves, the players, they have spells and incantations at their disposal to fend off powers of darkness. So, in a preview for the game last week, Polygon was told that Gord shares similar mechanics with games like Northgard, Frostpunk, as well as The Darkest Dungeon, and Don't Starve. Windows PC game is available on Wishlist on Steam now, so you'll have to check this one out. It looks great, man, and especially when you have things like that that are turning out great, you got to turn into it, especially when you're trying to start your own new studio and this is your debut title. So this is right along your lines. If you like Frostpunk and, you know, Darkest Dungeon, this may be right in your wheelhouse. Another story, the next story may also be in your wheelhouse, which is Days Gone is coming to PC next month. And the new highlight trailer for it is just below that. Uh, Hot on the heels of Days Gone 2 cancellation reports to where Days Gone 2, their plan for that was that they were going to have it a co-op and, you know, that kind of, uh, you know, it takes two or army of two kind of uh, gameplay was where they were going with it. But now they're just going to go straight to PC with Days Gone. Uh, more than it's uh, launching on PC soon, the trailer shows off the PC-specific features added to the game for the players to enjoy uh horizon zero dawn which i just purchased and and am enjoying thoroughly and death stranding are two biggest titles that led the charge away from the playstation exclusivity of days gone continues the trend of widening the player base days gone on pc includes ultra wide monitor support improved visuals and unlock frame rates and more unofficial features are surely on the way because now it's on PC and modders are open season on that. So we'll have to see what the modding community gets in this. It's almost like this is a great story just for to alert modders. Hey, man, game on. Have fun with Days Gone and let me know when you make a good Pokemon game in it. You know, all you got to do is just... Replace the zombies with Pokemon, and you have a very brutal, effective mod to where you're killing Pikachu over and over again. Maybe that's too dark for that mod. But Days Gone (laughs) is set to arrive on PC May 18th, 2021. So if you have not a PS4 or PS4 Pro or PS5 and you have a PC, you're going to be in luck with this great game. Big Brother played it. Yeah, it was good. Great game, great story, zombie stuff, awesome zombie game. Really so, long. Really long, but also, you get a motorcycle. What could go wrong with zombies and a motorcycle, right? Yeah. But you won't get old in a zombie apocalypse. But what researchers are finding 
is that more older people are becoming gamers. So, Kat, as you reach, once you get into your, like, you know, your 60s and your 70s, you're just going to become a Twitch streaming gamer. That's what this story is saying. I really feel like that's when my OnlyFans is going to take off. <laughs> it's you streaming, and then your secondary job would be your OnlyFans to where you call the birds in your backyard thick boys. It's mm-hmm. really, that's how you're just going to get Discovery Channel involved. That's a That's a docuseries right there. You think so? I'll get right on that. And well, of course, right we have that. a we have Only a surprise like... guest at the end of this podcast. Who's that? A surprise guest who is going to be popping speaking up right next gamers? to you. And Me. Sp- speaking of old people, we have no! so adequately Me? for this story. Once his video loads his, in, video is not working. His video old isn't man, working. Old man, old man. We're pulling for him, just like a. Just While like he gets his, his video set, we can continue the yeah, story. Exactly. You can do it. I there he is. It. Hey, he did it. His Viagra did. works. Hi, everybody, and it's Cialis. Hey, there we go. Hey. Daily approved for daily use. Cialis, it gets Thank him up, you, and it also. It, we were talking games. I was flummoxed. Yes. You came in at the right point because reports find that more older people are becoming gamers. Welcome. Let's insult you. Well, old man, new research shows that the number of older gamers, those between the ages of 55 and 64, have grown by 32% since 2018. Though it's unclear why this percentage has risen so rapidly in recent years, the new research from the Global Web Index, as reported by Game Industry Biz, uh, shows that the demographic of older gamers has expanded in more recent years. Since 2018, the number of older elderly gamers has risen 32%. The study used a sample size of about 19,500 people between the ages of 55 and 64 from various parts of the world for data collection. This is really... This is a statistic nerd kind of story, so this is really just for Big Brother. There's a there's an esports team where it's like the 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 scene like like a Twilight Senior group that goes and joins like the esports competitive league. They are horrible, but they have such a cult following. I I see a made for TV movie. Wait, before we I see a Netflix special. I can't remember now, old man. I'm older than you, right? By about ten months. Okay, so we need to stop that nickname. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I have been calling him old man since two thousand. Since I've been twenty nine. You cannot make, <laughs> make jokes about him being the old man when I'm older than him. That's just not. That's no. We're not doing that. Um, I will say so. So it's a state of mind, Katarina. You yes. probably feel younger than me. He and feels. I, I would second old that. as shit. I would not agree to that statement because <laughs> my right hip is old as hell. <laughs> it's, it's you haven't it's, seen me walk in giant deli, Captain. It. You should have went for the Warney. 
So additionally, GWI also shares a whopping 86% of internet users participate in gaming, which can include multiplayer first-person shooters like Call of Duty Warzone. As Are well they as including indie mobile games. games in this? Um, it is not specific on that, but it, okay. it, it goes from Star, uh, Stardew Valley to Call of Duty Warzone. That's, I think great. that's pretty wide of a net. Yeah, that, that is, They're um, both very nice. Very great game. That's a pretty good range there. So also 24% of grandparents and parents consider gaming together a form of quality time with the family, which is thanks to the many couch co-op games out there like Overcooked and Untitled Goose Game. So you have that. Uh, you know, but there's a number of growing, uh, but there is a number of growing, uh, God damn it. Fucking words are hard. That's okay. That's okay. Take a deep breath. And but there is a growing number of elderly gamers div- uh, diving into the girth of what's considered mainstream. The Skyrim oh, grandma, God. a woman in her 80s by the name of Shirley Curry, who spends her hours traveling the province of Tamriel, is one of the most notable elderly gamers. For a while, she streamed her passion for Skyrim until she de- uh, decided to step back due to trolls and rude people ruining uh, her chat y'all are the worst you know you ruin that she needs a good moderator yeah Food what she f- needs is her grandkids on that thread yeah threatening the <laughs> of anyone that comes out that's of. exactly what you need man protect grandma <laughs> <laughs> food for dogs another elderly woman but this time her passion lies with xenoblade uh, the xenoblade chronicles series with an impressive uh thorough knowledge of the series she purchases consoles just to play the newest installments and these are elderly women elderly you know people in general who were just getting involved in this, you know, gaming culture to where, you know, grandma's going to be schooling your ass on Call of Duty, man. I love it. That's what I really love about this. You know, you get a wide range of accessibility controls and uh, accessibility features and, you know, just adjustable button configurations to where if you have arthritis or you have something like that, you can still game and you can still have fun, especially since a lot of elderly people, they're not moving around as much. Gaming is a very viable option to still keep your mental functions, you know, high up there. And you're still thinking cognitively, which is still keeping you going. Not to mention you can keep in touch with friends and family. Exactly. um, And game with them. And that also opens up a whole new avenue as far as interpersonal relationships. I'm all for it. I love this. I love this story. Absolutely. Aside from the trolls, the trolls can suck my metaphysical penis. Absolutely. But... This is the feel-good story I usually end you with. But now, time to end you with a bit of terror. Because Elon Musk's neurotech company has wired a monkey to play Pong with his brain. How fucking awesome is that? I mean, we all saw Planet of the Apes. (laughs) This is how it starts. (laughs) With Pong. (laughs) <laughs> Neuralink. If, if the monkey's name is like Grod, then like y'all stop it right now. <laughs> they named him Bob instead. It's gonna be you know who's you really gonna name your savior Bob? Like Emperor Bob. Like I I love I Emperor kind of love Bob that. showed us the way with <laughs> so, video games. 
Like Gorilla Grodd and Monkey Bob. I love that. <laughs> Neuralink, a uh, neurotechnology company co-founded by Elon Musk in 2016, has unveiled its latest breakthrough, a monkey that can play Pong with his brain. In the first half of the video, above the monkey in question, a male mar- uh what is it? Uh, monkey? No, a uh, monkey, a macaque. That's what it is. Uh, the male macaque named Pager in, uh, manipulates objects on the monitor using a joystick. Motivated uh, to continue playing by a flow of banana smoothie, this, according to the narrator, is actually a part of the calibration process, which mathematically models the relationship between the patterns of neural activity and the different joystick movements they produce. Later on, the joystick is unplugged, yet the, it doesn't appear to impede Pager, who continues to play and sip his banana smoothie uninterrupted. After that, he moves to Pong, apparently his favorite video game, and even with the joystick completely removed, Pager is n- much better a player than I ever was at Pong. Um, it's actually really impressive. We actually took a look at Neuralink in March, saying the interface is working on could revolutionize the way we live if we can figure out what to do with it. Cyborg monkeys may not seem like the most practical direction, but I'm thinking we should take a look at cyborg monkeys. I don't know if we should, though. Okay. Well, here we go. Here we're seeing... He's playing Pong with his mind, you know, and this is really, I see this as like Elon's gamer showing, you know, it's like Elon, your gamer showing like, well, hey, what if you could play Pong with your brain? You can't have the monkey playing something complicated. He's not going to be able to figure it the hell out. Skyrim's coming next month. Yeah, it's a monkey. Yeah, he's Sky- gonna be playing the Elder Scrolls in six yeah, months. Yeah, Elder Scrolls what? in six months. Skyrim is going to be on the Neuralink. This brings me back to that wonderful Jurassic Park quote. Scientists got so wrapped up in if they could, they didn't think if they should. I would like to think that the monkey is really appreciating his life more now that he's a gamer. You know, we're getting to the the part where they're cognitive enough that they'll be able to tell us. And I'm just like worried what he will tell us. He, he will tell us he feels great fulfillment from his gaming time, yeah. and it makes him a better person. Yeah. You think so? Maybe. Sure, for the sake of this story. <laughs> but I tell you what, if that monkey all starts, all that monkey needs to do, start streaming on Twitch, even if it's just Pong, start streaming on Twitch, and then you'll be able to get affiliated, make some money, and then he'll be looking for a home. And I think I know exactly the person, the right person to fix him up with the perfect home. And that's this next story, which is Tony <laughs> Brown Homes. We had him on the podcast recently. He's got your home needs taken care of, home insurance, auto insurance, finding you a home. He and his lovely wife, Clarissa, are right there to find you. Hey, do you need a garage? Do you need a podcast studio? Do you need a super jacuzzi in the back with an infinity pool? They're working for your best needs, and they will find you your dream home. On that note, I have to run.
Old man Christopher Bristow is going to be filming his episode of MTB Cribs. So he has to go show people around the new mansion. It's uh, Cribs, but poor edition. <laughs> Ghetto. Bro Cribs. Ghetto Cribs. Bro Cribs. Bro Cribs. There we go. <laughs> so Tony Later Brown Homes is going to be right hey. there with all of your needs and home insurance and auto related questions so this brings us to the end of our podcast which of course brings us to our end segment which of course this week is what sci-fi tool would you want in real life and why to where i thought sci-fi there's a lot of different tools uh personally i thought number one sonic screwdriver I'd like a Klingon bird of prey, please. I guess you could consider that a tool, even though technically it's a vehicle. A vehicle? Okay, so it could be a tool. Yeah. It would be one of those robot, and I don't know if this counts as sci fi, but I'm totally counting it as sci fi. Robot? Um, From, no, from Superman's ship. One of those. Yeah, that's sci fi. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, one you know of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. From not real. Yeah. I don't know. You know what, know what though? Called, the su- but I think that would be super those helpful. Kryptonian, those Kryptonian bots, they just kind of help him at anything that he needs. Oh, yeah, yeah that's, oh, yeah. that's what I'm talking about. The Kryptonian bots, yeah. You want a Kryptonian butler? I do. I don't know. Somebody asked me it's why, like, Matt, why. It's like I would get like a Rosie because. from like the Jetsons, but without yeah. the attitude, which I think is <laughs> cute on the show, but not really in real life. <laughs> You know, in real life, it would be annoying, and you'd probably yeah. disassemble a robot. So just yeah. taking the Kryptonian robot as, I don't know, just your robot slave would be kind of cool. I'm still, you know what? Ooh, I don't Sonic like screwdriver, slave. I don't think I would use enough to where I honestly think the Star Trek tricorder. That's a good one. I'd I did would, tons of contract I would really work want that. with the government with my Klingon bird of prey. I mean, yes. I tons of contract know. work. I, Guys yeah, want to go to Mars? Bam! There. Yeah, you would. Yeah, all right. Satellite into Didn't space. Didn't we do one on ships? Didn't we do one on, on sci-fi ships? I don't know. I don't it's remember. Been, it's been 213 podcasts. I can't, I can't remember. We're going to we're gonna repeat po- uh, end credits at this point. But No, it's not a repeat. It's just I think I remember us doing one on the show. And then the show, we did the, something the like this. It was the one from... Um, Hitchhiker's Guide that can be anywhere. Yes, it was ships. So you're okay. going to have to amend that to a no tool. Ships. No ships, because we did do ships. Wait, did I say that on ships? What did yeah. I say during ships? Someone you probably went with Klingon Bird of Prey, knowing you. No, I, I might not have, but who knows? It could have been in the mood I'm, I was in. I'm just saying. I mean, Sonic Screwdriver and the Tricorder seen that. I'd like a hollow. Oh, you know what? That's a good one. Because I was also thinking, like, lightsaber. Open a can. Forget your keys. I like um, Ezra's lightsaber because it's not only a lightsaber, oh, yeah. but it's also a blaster. It's so a blaster. Get, like, not only a like blaster, you have a lethal blaster and a stun gun and a right. lightsaber. So you that's can chop, saying. stun, and shoot. Chop, like stun, shoot, slice, of That's sabers. almost a Ron Popeil promo right there. You know? <laughs> it, it chops. It stuns. It. it shoots. But wait, there's more. <laughs> you <laughs> know? Lightsaber, too. Uh, I am going to stick with my Kryptonian bots, though. I did cut the uh, uh, Disney story to where they said they, quote, unquote, made a real 
lightsaber when yeah. really it was the same plastic shit they made, except they put two tape measures in the bottom of the hilt. So that it extends out, so it's yeah, a retractable I've never seen lightsaber. But essentially, they just put two motorized tape measures in a, a star in a, a lightsaber hilt. And what I'm waiting for, as LEDs. far as lightsaber technology is, for us to get to a point where, um, like you put on like a glove or something that has like a magnet, mm. and you hold it out, and the lightsaber comes to you. Like, oh, let's get there. Yeah. Let's get there. Because let's let's. You can't have a pacemaker with that though. Let's be honest. Um, one of the best parts of scenes with lightsabers is when they use the force yeah. to have that butt, that, that mamma jamma come at you. Oh, so yeah, I, 100%. Let's do that. But still, on that glove, there's going to be a gigantic red warning saying, mm-hmm. if you have a pacemaker or any other device, do not use this because it will stop your heart. <laughs> well, I do think that you need to exercise some caution whenever you're using any form of lightsaber in the same ass in the same vein though if that is the last thing i did i would be a happy man is make yeah. a late lightsaber come to my hand i'd be like she died yeah. doing what she loved big I ass smile on her face why she was pulling a lightsaber <laughs> to her hand okay but i would love how if you could that's like a mic drop because yeah. you probably drop the lightsaber when you drop it. <laughs> as my last act in this world if it's like this and having a lightsaber fly into my palm i'm good thank you lightsaber drop and that is an awesome end to an <laughs> awesome podcast and we end off this podcast the same way with the thank yous we want to thank you josh goldstein william unstetter frank percy amanda miller and mark gervais for liking commenting and supporting the podcast in general and of course we always promise this this is a long drown out goodbye where you say stop it and you also want to hop on over to, hang on, I got another one, pjandwh.com. I know. <laughs> Listen to that. So cute. So cute. This is a long draw, not goodbye. I'm Matthew Beaver on the map, and to my left in the projector box is Katarina Thermoscara, a wonderful woman. Ultimate producer, Big Brother Stephen Bugrell, our mascot, Hero Time, Link Diablo. We love you. We miss you. We want to see you next week. As always, Wall Jaggers, came on, boys and girls. Bye-bye. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, wrong mouse. Oh, God. I'm going to end it. Uh, right mouse. Wrong mouse. Wrong time. Oh, no. oh, God. We're doing it live. Play on the tangers. That was a good segue. Heidi Ho, good neighbor. Can you hear me? Yes, we yes. can. Yes, we can. And I want to know if you can hear this. PJANDWH.com. <laughs> So, I have new audio clips. That's number one. And number two is... Warning. Beware of foul language. That's one of the 27 million times I said it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was the best one. One of them was good. That was the best one. One of them was good. And it was really great. It was really great. It was a show you, if you say it enough, you'll get it right eventually. (laughs) And then, of course... Stop it. That was from Jake Hervey when he was talking to his dog. Stop it. 
I just thought that would be helpful to stop it. When the old man's on a rant, like, hey, stop it. And then that would be a quick shut off. Pajamas, pajamas. Yeah. The cutest ever. I know. Our Island Cat. My favorite. Start the crock pot because yeah. it's going to be a long one. <laughs> I love I that, hate one. that one. I love that one so much. Like, I'm part delighted that you don't have one of me and also part insulted. Would you look, look all the ones, all we'll the good get- ones you said not to use. So I scrapped them. <laughs> and then by the time I actually got the sense in myself that, hang on, you can just easily clip, render, and put it in a separate file just for your roadcaster, you dumb idiot. Why aren't you doing this? And then I was just like, you know, it's just, uh, I get bombarded with a lot of shit, so it's just like, ah, yeah, no, that would be sure. a good idea. And sometimes sure, it doesn't work out. So, I have a Fitbit, right, that I, like, never wear, but <laughs> I have a Fitbit, and I have the face as Star Trek. Nice. Up. Well, by the time... Oh, that's cool, I see. Yeah. That's oh, awesome. Um, so I was looking for a new fit. This is one that I got off of Amazon for a dollar, which is pretty, but I wanted like a nerdy one. And so I went looking for a Star Trek Fitbit band on Etsy and believe it or not, they didn't have one, but I did find a woman who makes custom ones and she had a really nice Star Wars one where it was the silhouette of the TIE fighter. Yeah. Wow. Um, but I didn't want Star Wars. I wanted Star Trek. So I asked her if she'd be willing to make one. Oh, that's awesome. And do I have the picture still? Do I have it? Oh my gosh. It's been a long week, hasn't it? Oh my god, it's been so long. My back is finally at like eighty percent. You have no idea. Oh my god. <laughs> if you only knew. Uh wow, that's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So she made that for me. Um, so I'm very, I'm like, I can't wait to get it. Yeah. It's been a long week all around for everybody. I want to feel. I think that would be, um, pretty safe to say. Oh yeah. Kelly was going to be on and uh, even so to where I was talking to him yesterday and you know, he's even said in the chat, man, really glad I didn't have, we didn't have the podcast today because, oh man, I got my first vacation. Um, and then he texted me today and he was like, oh, well, apparently I have a birthday party to go to. <laughs> so I suggested, well, first I asked, what are they eating? Prime rib. You know, and I was like, that, cover sounds, the basics. Yeah, that sounds great. Uh, so we're Tell doing a, we're gonna be so we're doing a live podcast from the birthday party to play off our delivery room thing and uh yeah he thought that was funny but no kelly's at a birthday party the old man is enjoying double decker uh in and out and uh he, obviously he's moving no, what does we that mean in and out it's pretty much they make these it's almost like a thin stromboli oh in and out the restaurant yeah yeah it's not oh, a okay. section oh you know them or i was joking like I th- well I barely I know them. I've seen that one, but I know it. Yeah. Um, yeah, in and out. And I don't, um, I don't even think they have them in Connecticut. I, I don't know, I but they used to be on DoorDash because old man had them DoorDash us some in and out before, but not anymore. So really? I, we haven't had in and out since they stopped DoorDash. 
So yesterday on Facebook, because you said that filet mignon, I found a post about a guy who made his son a steak birthday cake. Did he also get the best dad ever award? Okay, so it was for his son's ninth birthday. Yeah. The first layer is prime rib, the second is ribeye, and topped off with a filet mignon. All were slow smoked and reverse seared in a cast iron, mashed potato icing along with bacon roses. He loves his son. Look at that. That's what I got from that story. That looks beautiful, and he loves his son (laughs) that that. much. Like, my God. Son, I want to give you a heart attack. (laughs) Luckily, his arteries are young enough that he can probably take it. Oh, yeah, but oh, my God. How would you? All right, Mom. I I know you're not watching, but it'll get through to you through, like, Kevin and Dad. But uh, (laughs) I want... I I want that as my birthday cake this year. You know, I'm turning what? What am I turning? Thirty five, forty, something like. I don't know. I'm 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 turning some age this year. I would love a steak birthday cake. But speaking of steak, let's get on to our meat and bits of the post podcast news. Falcon Winter Soldier. First yeah. off. I think the only thing we have to say about this episode is, holy fucking shit, what about that ending? John Walker has already, the guy who plays him, the actor, has already been receiving death threats. All right. And then after that ending, holy shit, how do you think those little turd muffins are going to act after that? He just mashed that that dude with a shield makes me more scared for our society than anything else where people are so distanced from reality that they feel that way about an actor like of course there are characters did you forget they're acting he's an actor there are certain (laughs) actors that you see in one specific role that completely taints them from everything else that you ever see because like oh yeah like bill paxton is a perfect example yes um in Weird science, and then in True oh, Lies, that, he played this really smarmy, like yes. gross guy. And he was no also in Agents of Shield, right? And he was an asshole villain in that too, and he was so good at it. But he was in a bunch of other stuff as like the hero, like Twister and stuff. But the whole time, <laughs> fuck, that I, was him, wasn't it? Yes, Shit. but the whole time, all I could think of is like this is a, like he always yeah. plays like the douche, so I couldn't. I couldn't set. I couldn't get into Twister in a way that somebody who had never seen any of his other work got into it because all I could think of is how I saw him in those previous roles. Yeah. Um, but I was always aware that it was an actor that was playing these roles. So to get to the point where you are sending a person that you know is a hired actor playing that role because they're not sending it to Captain America or the Star Spangled Man, they're yeah. sending it to him, like yeah. him under his real name you know that's not him what the hell are you doing like yeah where's your mind that i just don't get that but the actual story progressing to that point and battlestar there was an article i saw it was probably on like uh scream rant or somebody else like that but they were asking if they did battlestar justice from the comics to that battlestar was john walker's buddy i think battlestar it was almost it was poetic yeah because his he was almost john walker's conscience he absolutely was his 
Jiminy Cricket. You know, one hundred percent was. I kind of like and part of me would have liked to see him Cricket there longer. Yeah. Right. I would have liked to seen him play that because he was so good in it. But at the same time, mm-hmm. I understand why we had to lose him when we did. Yeah. Um, and it tied in really beautiful. Marvel <sighs> continues to, to astound with with they really stepped up there from that moment to where he's talking to Battlestar saying and then you have that comparison to where, you know, uh, Sam is being asked, like, oh, would you take the super soldier serum? And he's like, no. And then you see, you know, Battlestar, and he's like, absolutely, I would take that shit. <laughs> Fuck yes. It just enhances you. And Battlestar, he genuinely seemed like a good guy, just kind of trying to follow orders. And I really, I do appreciate his character, you know? I also feel like he is that friend. Like, sometimes you watch your friend do something that you know is wrong and then you feel that like do i support my friend or do i possibly risk ruining this relationship or whatever by by trying to step in and get in between them and what they're trying to do and you kind of see him conflicted with that because he's got this look on his face like i know he's getting out of line so he tries to like talk around it instead of addressing directly yeah yeah Um, 100 percent and you feel that as a friend because we've all been in that situation where one of our friends is like what you're doing like dude 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 like, like <laughs> rain it in gotta bring it down to a four but yeah uh, i thought he he's a great actor he played the part really well and like i said on the one hand i would have liked to seen him stick around a little bit longer but he absolutely got a whole arc in the time that he was there and yeah. really pushed the john walker into like the next because i know we only have like a couple of episodes so oh we can, have two left Drag it it's out. tomorrow <laughs> and then next week and then that's it and then we'll probably get a behind the scenes one episode of behind the scenes <laughs> again we know you that. can do more um and then we're good until may the 4th um but we have bad batch this honestly award-winning emotional scene with bucky sebastian oh, stan Definitely, and like it's him and Elizabeth Olsen that are really award-winning performances with they this really- because they brought forth such emotion to this character that was it was a side character. You didn't expect this kind of story and emotion from it. Just like Sam with you know uh, Falcon, you right. get such emotion and story out of all of them, and there's just such you know like the. You know, the the racism thing with Falcon getting and Sam uh, or Sam and uh, Bucky getting into an argument. And then the cops are like, oh, hold on there, buddy. There's a lot of that. There's just a lot of these social issues that are involved with this to where both of these seasons. I don't think we really even knew what we were getting into. And you you really ask, like, why are we getting this series? And now we're seeing it, and we're like, oh, shit. So now I'm now really excited. We don't deserve this series. <laughs> I'm excited for Loki. Yeah, me too. I, I really, the visuals in that look stunning. I really think that they did this great casting for the long game because you have all these characters that kind of were secondary to the Avengers, and they've been playing these parts for, I don't know, like a decade? Something around there? Yeah. About a decade. Them, and now... You're putting them front and center, and you really get to see the full complexity of all of them. Because even in yeah. um, Captain America and the Winter Soldier, 
you didn't really get to to know Bucky no. like that. You In that saw scene him. where he was with the Dora Milaje and he was fighting through um his programming and he was crying and she's like, You're free. Like I maybe people aren't criers. I'm I definitely got teary eyed over there. Oh, I got weepy. Put it not Oh yeah. I got weepy at that point, man. Was, it's like that's such that a mo- monumental emotional moment that is just tying back from the movies that you've saw. And that's what, And the look of like yes. hurt and betrayal. Yeah. When she did that thing and his arm popped off. She hit the Konami code and his arm popped off. Yeah. And then Sam was like, did you know that they had put that in there? And he's just looking at the arm and he's like, no, I didn't. But you like, you feel. Yeah. How betrayed. Yeah. Because he was there. They were his savior. And he was just like, oh my God. And all this. And then as soon as he goes off the rails a little bit, they're like, brand it in. I can control your arm, bitch. She was the one with him that helped him break his training and to be like the, he must've had a, 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 like an inordinate amount of trust for her yeah, and, and affection and, and like, you know, and then just to have that, this was a secret that they kept from him this whole time and just used it with no preamble and no apology, no, no nothing. Yeah. I like, I, I would. I am interested to see how that affects his relationship with the Dormelage. Yeah. Going now. Also, there's a rumor that. that we will see a Cap appearance, which I would absolutely love. Cap schooling, you know, John Walker as to why he's wrong. I would love old Cap to come I'm, back. It's got to be old Cap. It has to be old Cap. Like, I mean, listen he's here, alive son. At the end of Infinity yeah, he is. War. He just passed off the shield. And now we also have rumors, uh, or not rumors, but we have ex- extended footage release that we're getting a Falcon Winter Soldier U.S. agent show down oh, this gosh, week. We gotta. We gotta. You oh, know, you mean this week, like tomorrow? this week, tomorrow, we're getting a showdown between the three. So this is going to be a really great epic battle. I can't wait to see it. Marvel has brought back the TGIF feeling, and that's what Disney in general has done. Everybody has something to talk about on a Friday, and here we join on a th- every Thursday for the Triforce podcast. And, of course, we ask you to go ahead and hit right here at the subscribe button, and you're going to go ahead and like and comment below. Right above my head, you're going to find every single Triforce podcast in a playlist, and right above the Purjanger box, you're going to find the very best Purjangers and Wallhangers video for you. As our main man, Connor, always says, One Punch! One Punch! <laughs>